0: Hail Dictinus. Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Werewolves were far more terrifying than vampires. It is probably the idea of seeing the human within the beast and knowing you can't reach it. It might as well be a great white shark. Welcome to Shapeshifters, the 249th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of author Glenn Duncan. Our opening and closing music is credited as Frost Waltz Alternate by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com and licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You may call me Ode.
1: Merry meet. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. And I like werewolves.
0: Yeah, I like werewolves too. I'm a fan. But I also like wolf-wolves, so that may yeah, be Yeah, that's, that's true. Although wolf-wolves and werewolves, very different things. So we're going to start with housekeeping. Okay. I actually have... Good news to share for once. Yay! On this most recent Indigenous Peoples Day, which was two weeks ago, uh-huh. we talked about land back programs. Yes. And on that very day, the Winemem Wintu tribe managed to buy back a thousand acres of their land. Oh, that's great. And they did it all with private donations. Very cool. Um, and in cooperation with conservation agencies. Nice. So. Nice. That's your reminder that like, when you donate to a tribe for that kind of a thing, it actually can go into helping that tribe get some of their land back. So find your local tribes. There you go. Look for their land back programs and throw them a couple bucks because that all adds up Mm -hmm. and it actually has actionable results. That's very cool. Yeah, I thought that was neat and I wanted to shout it out since it happened very recently. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also, shout out to Rhiannon, who gave me this piece of inspiration. But so next week, know I normally don't tell you what we're doing in the next week's episode, but next week we're doing spooky stories for Halloween. And Rhiannon suggested that we could do listener submitted stories. Oh. So if you have a spooky story in particular that you would like us to read or to tell in our own words, you can send me an email at ode, O-D-E, at the number three, pagansandacat.com. And we will add your story to our list of spooky stories.
1: I love this. Yeah. I'd rather just read all listener spooky stories. Yeah,
0: So, like, if you send us enough, maybe that's all we'll do. We'll just do listener-submitted spooky stories for Mm -hmm. Halloween. I think that that could be be, very fun. That could be fun. So make sure it's a story that's, like, your own. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't don't send me copyrighted material. No, please. Um, And note whether you want it to be read verbatim or whether you want us to tell it in our own words, the way we usually do storytelling episodes, but... Either way, I think that could be a fun way to be involved if you are interested in that and if you have a favorite spooky story.
1: Exactly. I love
0: it. So that's it for housekeeping for me. Gwen, do you have any housekeeping? No. Okay. Then we are housekept and house swept. Very good. Ooh, Finn may submit some of their poems. Yes, do do submit some poems, Finn. That could be very fun. Oh, and Rhiannon is saying, so email and not in Discord? Yeah, send it to me in my email so I can compile them all in one place. Werewolves. Werewolves. So obviously, as usual, I went back to the mythology and I said, hmm, what's our oldest version? So the oldest version I could find of a man being transformed into a wolf is in, it's a mention in the Epic of Gilgamesh. I didn't realize
1: it went that that far. Yeah. I mean I was I saw it went back far, far, but damn. Yeah.
0: So the the very oldest mention of a man being turned into a wolf is in the Epic of Gilgamesh. And it's not like a huge part of the story or anything. It's just there is a woman who is a potential lover for Gilgamesh, and he turns her down because she turned a previous ex into a wolf. Oh, was she a witch? <laughs> yeah, some kind of, yeah. <laughs> some kind <laughs> of... She, had, she magi- had powers and cursing. Magical cursing powers? Uh-huh, so she cursed her ex in, to become a wolf. And that's the mm-hmm. oldest man-transformed-into-wolf okay. mention that okay. I could find was in the Epic of Gilgamesh. Interesting. The much more, like, standard, moving into more standard forms of the werewolves, there is, you go to the Greeks. Yes. so Surprisingly, a lot, a lot. of werewolf
1: lore. They show up a lot
0: they, in the Greeks. They do. So Lycaon, mm-hmm. who is the origin of lycanthropy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So Lycaon was a king. He and his sons basically decided to insult
1: Zeus. Oh, not a good thing to do.
0: Yeah. There are various versions of the story of Lycaon, but the gist is that... Uh, He and his sons perform a human sacrifice, either of just like a random young boy or of a particular like hostage of Zeus's, like someone who Zeus has put a a protection on. Mm -hmm. And they kill this youth and cook him. Oh, And serve him in a feast. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. And they try to trick Zeus into eating. So like they invite Zeus to this feast and they try to trick Zeus into eating part of this sacrificed youth.
1: Oh, they are just asking to be cursed and turned into animals.
0: (laughs) So Zeus instantly can tell that this is the, that the meat he is being served is from this individual. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... Either he strikes them with lightning bolts or he turns them all into wolves. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he, like, strikes the sons down with lightning bolts and turns just Lycaon himself into a wolf. Sometimes they all get turned into wolves. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they get struck by lightning and that turns them into wolves. But either way, Lycaon and sometimes also his sons are cursed forevermore Mm -hmm. to be ravenous beasts. Whose form, whose outer form, right, is representative of their inner viciousness. Interesting. Yeah, it's not
1: unusual for deities in uh, mythology as punishment mm-hmm. to, to turn, transform. Someone. Yeah, to transform someone into an animal. It's even in the Hebrew scriptures in mm-hmm. the Bible, where King Nebuchadnezzar is turned into a beast of the field. Yeah, as a punishment for his unbelief in. But I don't uh, think that
0: beast is ever described, is it? Um, it's
1: just. I, not specifically, just yeah. a yeah, just a a, a wild beast. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- the point is, it's like transformation this is, this is a is a, yeah. is a punishment. So it's not surprising Mm-mm. at that all that goes back to the Greeks. That it goes back to the Greeks.
0: <laughs> Lycaon is the origin of the word lycanthropy. Lycanthropy, uh, the, idea the idea of the idea werewolf. Of, a, of a man turning into a wolf. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, of and in a in a lot of mythological contexts. Um, especially the really old mythological context. The man transforming into a wolf was a function of some kind of inner bestialness. Right, right. Like it was not a, it was not infectious. Mm -hmm. It was not something that could happen to you by accident. It was either you were cursed by a jealous lover Mm -hmm. or a god did it to you as punishment for how shitty you were. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I mean, it's quite
1: frankly, I agree with Finn. It was kind of a just punishment. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Very appropriate. Very appropriate. Herodotus also mentions werewolves in a different way. He describes a tribe called the Nuri, Hmm. who were from an area that's now Russia. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said that they, several days out of the year, would turn into wolves. Just the whole tribe of them would turn into wolves. Just for the hell of it? Well, it's... Modern scholars think that Herodotus probably, if he witnessed these people at all, which... Not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. may have seen them wearing wolf skins in oh, winter. okay to, because it was cold, cold. in Russia yeah. mm-hmm. um, and that he like made some kind of religious association with it. Ah gotcha. Um, because of the the Greek history of men turning into wolves, <laughs> right wasn't was
1: it the Greeks that had was I reading that they had a legend or a mythology of somebody going away and transforming into a wolf for like a certain amount of time? And then if they didn't come back after that certain amount of time, they would remain a wolf forever
0: that shows up in a variety of contexts Mm -hmm. yeah um mostly in later contexts where you have sort of more developed folklore Mm -hmm. a lot of the early stuff is really like you get turned into a wolf as a punishment or a curse of some kind and that's just it you are just a wolf now
1: yeah and they're not swapping back and no it's It's just just, yeah like
0: yeah like lycaon never becomes a man again right he just is a ravenous wolf now right gotcha and the ravenous quality is a huge part of the werewolf myth Mm -hmm. there's a lot of associations with sort of greed and gluttony mm-hmm. with werewolves especially early on with werewolves probably because wolves as predators were in kind of a weird position where they were not something you could eat but they would try to eat things you could eat mm-hmm. like they would try to eat herd animals right? And they would some like they would get into storehouses, and they were a threat to food mm-hmm. specifically, as well as being a threat to life. In fact, wolves were more of a threat to food than they were a threat to life, because wolves, by and large, don't involve themselves directly with humans if they can avoid it. Right,
1: unless it's you know they're in unless dire it's sick, need they're or, sick, they're or they're starving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Something
0: pushes. Exactly, the, unless there the is wolf. some some external circumstance, forcing the wolf to behave irregularly, wolves really avoid direct contact with humans because they're very cautious predators Mm -hmm. as a rule, like most large predators are. They try to conserve their energy for hunting because hunting is actually a very expensive proposition. Mm -hmm. Like even very successful wolf packs only like have a successful hunt something like 20 or 30% of the time, Mm -hmm. which is why they have a gorge diet. So... (laughs) Getting into, like, actual wolf right. behaviorism and, and ecology for a, a hot second. Wolves will, because they have substantial lean periods where they don't have successful hunts for very long periods of time, mm-hmm. wolves will, like, excessively overeat every time they do have a kill, mm-hmm. and then basically store all of that mass as mm-hmm. fat that they can burn off over time until they are able to have another successful hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. And that's why you see wolves like will eat something down to the bones Mm -hmm. and like crack the bones open and like they will consume something down to the point where there is nothing left to consume. Like they leave no scraps behind Mm -hmm. because it is they are obligate carnivores, they have very few options if they don't succeed in a hunt. And hunting is a very expensive and risky proposition. Mm -hmm. And that's also why they tend to avoid humans. Yeah. um, Because humans are not a good value proposition for hunting for wolves. But they are a huge risk to livestock because Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to hunt livestock than wild prey. Mm -hmm. Because it's right there. It's It's right convenient. It's usually penned in. It has been differently socialized. So it's it's not going to run as fast or as far as a wild animal. Mm -hmm. So livestock is really useful for wolves who need food. Mm -hmm. But that puts them in direct conflict with human settlements, right? Not in a, like the wolf might bite you sense, but in a, the wolf might steal a lamb you need sense. And they're large animals. Yes. Wolves are much, much larger than you think they are. Especially like gray wolves, huge, Mm -hmm. huge wolves. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, you're not talking about gray wolves in all of these cultures. There are significantly smaller wolf species, but even a small wolf is a big animal. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. So, yeah. So it's understandable that over time, you know, they would be considered one... It would be not fun to be turned into a wolf, right? Um, as a punishment, but two that they would be considered a threat.
0: Yeah, and this, and specifically this kind of gluttonous threat yeah. Yeah. that like steals food from your community. Mm-hmm. And they were heavily associated with cannibalism because wolves are also scavengers. Mm-hmm. So like if you bury someone but you don't bury them deep enough, yeah. a wolf might dig them up and eat them. Yep, they're not picky. Yeah. Because they have that gorge diet where they have to pack on as much meat as they can at a time. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you bury a loved one, but only a couple feet down, and they can smell it and dig it up, they're going to eat it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that probably did happen. And uh, as a result, werewolves and wolves are associated with eating human flesh. Mm -hmm. So there was also, um, in Norse culture, Mm -hmm. there was the Ulfhednar. Who were the wolf version of berserkers? Mm-hmm. So berserkers were bear warriors, and uh, ulfheðnar were wolf warriors. In both cases, they were defined by a kind of frenzy called a berserkergang, which was possibly induced by like taking drugs, drugs, basically a, yeah. a psychoactive drug, because we found um, henbane seeds mm. in some of their in some of their graves possibly also was just sort of a um, behaviorally induced frenzy Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of behaviors described about gong, like biting the edge of their shield and howling like animals and like really working themselves mm -hmm, up mm -hmm. um, into a bloodlust. And effectively, the Berserker and the Ulfhethnar would wear the skins of bears and wolves respectively. Mm -hmm. Um, Both were associated with Odin and would rush into battle sort of ahead of the main body. Yeah,
1: shock and awe.
0: Yeah, but they were specifically, they they would work themselves up into such a violent frenzy that they could not distinguish between friend and foe. Mm. So part of the reason for wearing the bear and the wolf skin was to distinguish them from other fighters, mm-hmm. so that you would know to stay away from the berserkers or the Ulf they might kill you. who were on your side, so that yeah, so that they did not kill you accidentally. Gotcha. It was kind of a mark for your own army to keep your distance from them mm-hmm. um, and just let them go do their thing, do what they're gonna do. <laughs> the sagas do talk about the Ulfheznar and the Berserker as if they literally change in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, Like maybe they're possessed by an animal spirit? Yeah, or, well, so the specific word that that is used is Hamask, which is to change shape. Mm -hmm. And Berserkers and Ulfheznar are described as being Hamrammer, shape strong. Mm. There are stories in the sagas about the filcha or the attending spirit basically of a person having an animal shape mm-hmm. and going ahead of that person. Okay. So, and and we do have some instances in the sagas of particularly usually like evil wizards, but we do have instances, like you do. right? But we do have instances of people changing the shape of their filia or taking mm-hmm. on the shape of their filia and like going out psychically or spiritually mm-hmm. to perform Various evil tasks, usually. Okay. Mm-hmm. The big one is there's like a an evil warlock who turn who has a a vixen for Ooh. a philia, which is you know very gender transgressive mm-hmm. uh, and his vixen goes out into the night and does mischief uh, and then comes back to him. Hamramr and Hamr and Hamask are all words that are associated with that Philia and that spirit sending mm-hmm. relationship. So it may be, it's unclear whether it's intended to be that the olfethnar and the berserkers literally physically change into mm-hmm. wolves and bears,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, mythologically, right? Or if it's intended to be that they change the shape of their spirits into. and and into wolves and bears and consequently embody wolves and bears. Mm-hmm. If you think about it,
1: especially if they are under the inducement of either just a frenzy mm-hmm. or a, or a, drug, psychoactive, or a drug. psychoactive drug, you know, you watch people who are doing some kind of transformation mm-hmm. physically, and they can. You, yeah, it does. you can.
0: You can. Even though the physical flesh is right, still the same, even the even though the flesh hasn't changed, yeah. the transformation of the. The body posture is so extreme that it can definitely look like. And the face Mm -hmm. and the bunching of the muscles. Yeah, you get into this rictus. And supposedly they did sometimes fight just with their fingernails, just clawing at people.
1: So it's entirely possible that if they're wearing these animal skins Mm -hmm. and they're on psychoactive drugs and they're they're posturing. Shrieking, yeah, and the body posture has changed to this
0: really aggressive overbearing figure it could absolutely appear Mm -hmm. that they have physically transformed exactly exactly so i i i definitely think there's and and i think there is spiritually i think there is probably an element of like having changed the filca shape or Mm -hmm. the spirit shape
1: I think there's a combination of all those Yeah, I think all these
0: things were happening. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so these are um, widely attested, but there's also a lot of sort of a more traditional werewolf in the sagas, aside from, like, specifically the Ulfhedner and the Berserker. So there's a really popular story about uh, Sigmundr and his son Sinfjötli, that they find some shed wolf pelts mm-hmm. and take them home mm-hmm. and put them on oh for boy. some reason <laughs> like you do uh-huh. you know and are transformed not in the way that Ulfednar are but are transformed fully into wolves like a kind exactly. of thing? exactly exactly like a sulky so they put on the wolf pelt and even though it's not their pelt right? right but they put on the wolf pelt and they transform into wolves and they at first just go around and like frolic <laughs> Yeah, it'd be kind of interesting. Uh-huh. You oh, know? I'm a wolf. This is fun. <laughs> I feel very powerful. <laughs> unless you can't get back. <laughs> I have I have new magics. But then they are more and more, even though they're like able to take the the pelts off mm-hmm. and you know go do, transform back into transform human. back into humans and go do human things and then put the pelts back on in the night and go have you know wolf shenanigans. <laughs> um, they start to be influenced more and more by the character of the wolf. Mm. And it starts to sort of seep into their human behavior mm-hmm. and they become more violent as wolves until finally they, they they start killing people. Okay. And they kill 13 people in their village together. And finally it gets to the point where, like, they've killed so many people that there's no one else for them to attack. So Sigmundur turns on sinfjolti and attacks him okay just because they've been overcome by this wolf rage Mm -hmm. and bites him and wounds him so badly that he's going to die and has to beg odin for help to Uh save his son Uh, and odin makes him swear to give up the wolf pelts and then gives him a sacred herb to heal his son with um, and to save him from death and then they have to burn the wolf pelts okay to to save them from the the wolf mind
1: but when you think about it wolf werewolf lore and uh as it goes through the the ages Mm -hmm. and even to modern times what is it that werewolves do they transform into wolves you know Mm -hmm. whether they're in half human half wolf or just full wolf and what do they do they go attack humans they rampage they rampage yep so
0: that goes back at least as far as that saga. It <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. sounds very familiar.
0: Mm-hmm. And then supposedly, even after burning the the wolf pelts and freeing themselves from the wolf mind, Sigmundur's family are associated with wolves for the rest of time. Basically, like Sinfjölsli is always called young wolf Mm. and his brother describes himself as one of the noble beasts
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love this rihanna says rule number 300 of shit to not do in the forest Mm -hmm. don't put on random pelts that should not be naturally shed why the fuck is it on the ground and not the wolf if it's not an obvious trap
0: right right (laughs) like first i do want to know like where'd those pelts come from though like were those some old pelts that had been, like, lost? Did some wolves <laughs> take them off? <laughs> what the fuck happened there? Or was it Were a trap? Were they put out as a trap by a witch? <laughs> you yeah, know, what the hell? Although,
1: Finn is like, nope, I am putting that shit out.
0: <laughs> Listen, you'll only have that experience once. That's
1: right. <laughs> and it could be kind of the start of where we start moving mm-hmm. from being transformed into animals as punishment by gods.
0: Right, to more like, this is just a natural... Mm-hmm. Uh, A function of interaction between wolf and man is Mm -hmm. that the man might become a wolf. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And start a rampage. And start a rampage and do some murders. Do some murder shit and not good things. Do some big old bad murders. Mm -hmm. Elle says, evil wizard hated that guy's family in particular. (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of evil wizards in this saga. That does happen. Hard
1: to say. Mm Mm-hmm. Join our Tiger Crystal at Apothecary Teas. This shop produces fragrant, aesthetically beautiful teas that delight all the senses, with handcrafted tea blends from white to red to green. This week, Ode suggests Bramble, with a blend of black tea, blackberry, and raspberry flavors. Find them at apothecaryteastore.com or on Facebook at Apothecary Teas,
0: LLC. Hail Dictinus! Hail Dictinus!
1: We make smoke.
0: Finn says, so in the Dresden Files, there's a similar story, but it's the FBI that uses the lichen belts. Mm. Yeah, um, so during the later European period, it stops being like a full wolf pelt and starts being a wolf belt. Just a belt made of wolf skin. Mm -hmm. It's not clear exactly why that happens, except maybe that a wolf belt is easier to hide than a whole-ass wolf belt. (laughs) We're going to move into the medieval period.
1: Yes, although first I did want to mention that... um, in uh, the Greek culture, Pliny. Pliny the Elder talked about werewolves. Uh-huh. Virgil wrote about werewolves. Oh, yeah, they show up all over. And uh, I did want to mention that early Christian authors also, early Christian authors also mentioned werewolves. Of
0: course they did. It was
1: part of the folklore Exactly. Culture. And so Augustine of Hippo ultimately becomes very influential in the medieval period mm-hmm. because he wrote, About werewolves. (laughs) Like you do. (laughs) Like you do. And a lot of the clergy of the Middle Ages and the medieval period really kind of glommed on to uh, what he and other early Christian fathers wrote about werewolves. It it became part of their mythology and culture as well.
0: Yeah, so there's a really interesting evolution through the medieval period. So in the early medieval period, we mostly see werewolf used in like codes of law. It shows up in a couple of legal codes. Now, this is one of those areas where, like, some people are like, oh, they were talking about werewolves as if they were a real thing that you had to police. But it's more likely that werewolf was being used here basically to mean outlaw. Because in Anglo-Saxon and Norse-touched societies, places where the Vikings went, basically, wolves were associated with the same sort of aspects that they were in norse culture which was the wolf was an outlaw figure mm-hmm. it was associated with being outside of society kind of a liminal monster so werewolf in medieval law codes probably just meant outlaw mm-hmm. like someone to whom you owe no legal protections rather than literally like men who transform into wolves mm-hmm.
1: Although I thought this was interesting, you know, going back to the Christian teachings of it, there was actually a council that um, discussed the transformation of using magic and witches and transformation of of people into werewolves. So I, I think all of this plays into this mythology and this idea that um people can be transformed physically
0: yeah that's going to come in a little later in the medieval period Mm -hmm. so in the early medieval period like i said there's there doesn't seem to be as strong of a folkloric Mm -hmm. werewolf figure Mm -hmm. there are remnants obviously from the greeks and the norse and these ancient cultures that Mm -hmm. that did believe in men who turned into wolves but it's not as strong in the early medieval period we do in sort of the Middle medieval period, middle, the Middle Ages, in the middle of the Middle Middle Ages. We start to see werewolf stories showing up. There are a couple of really prominent ones, but they are really um, sort of a reversal from the ancient werewolf story. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. don't see the man turning into a beast because he has a bestial character, right? And you don't see the mind of the wolf sort of overtaking the human mind. You actually see the opposite. So there's a the, there's this emphasis in some of the The middle medieval stories of the man has been cursed or trapped in some way in the Mm -hmm. form of a wolf, but he retains his human mind Mm -hmm. and a really gentle and rational character who only perpetrates violence for a purpose. Mm -hmm. So there's a particular story, I can't remember the name of it, but it's one of the lays where a man is. Cursed to transform into a wolf for like one week out of the year, Mm -hmm. every year. He can turn back into a human by putting his clothes back on, right? Mm -hmm. By putting his human clothes back on. So when someone steals his clothing. He's stuck as a wolf. He's stuck as a wolf. It is, in fact, his wife and her lover, I believe. Oh, rude. steal his clothing so that he is trapped as a wolf so that she can be free to remarry her lover, right? To like claim Mm -hmm. that he has died somehow. Yeah, It's... Marie de France's poem, Bisclaveret. I think, yeah, I think it's French. Um, And he's transformed into a wolf and he runs into a king on a hunt uh, and is able to convince the king that he is not a normal wolf and should not be killed. And he goes back to court in the form of a wolf because he can't transform back into a man without his clothes. Um, Because of his
1: treacherous wife. uh
0: Yes. But he stays with this king in his court for a little while until his wife, comes to court bringing her lover. Oops. And he snaps, basically, and attacks them. Yeah. But the king, having been convinced of this wolf's gentle human qualities, Mm -hmm. understands like, oh, that must be the person responsible
1: Ah, for turning
0: this man into a wolf. And so the whole thing is sorted out and his clothes are returned and he gets to become a man again. And which, first of all, a very interesting reversal of Selkie mythology, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's the Selkie is naturally a seal, can turn into a woman by removing her skin. Mm-hmm. If you steal her skin from her, she can't turn back into a seal. Right. This we have the opposite of this, right? Like a human man who that is his normal form, he is transformed into a wolf, but if you steal his human clothes, he, cannot he can't transform. turn back into a human. Yeah. So that I think that's a really interesting sort of um, translation of that. Very common pelt mythology. Because mm-hmm. like I said, we, we saw that again with Sigmundur and Sinfiotli that they are transformed by putting the pelt on. Just, just a really interesting choice by this medieval author to make clothing man's pelt. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. Yeah, it really is. But again, it's this reversal from the ancient werewolf where it's the mind of the wolf or the nature of the wolf that is the scary part not the transformation into the wolf Mm -hmm. like the transformation into the wolf is the externalization of an internal character Mm -hmm. whereas Mm -hmm. in this lay i think it's bisclavre from what i saw yeah i forget what my point was we'll move up so that was the the middle medieval period where we had this reversal to a more human werewolf where the human mind is retained. So after the medieval, the middle medieval period, we move into Mm -hmm. the late medieval period, And this is where the church starts to get really involved. Yes. And there starts to be a connection to witchcraft and devil worship Mm -hmm. with the werewolf character. They
1: do surprisingly kind of go hand in hand in this period of time.
0: Yeah. So like in the middle medieval period, we have this very humanized werewolf character. Mm -hmm. And then in the late medieval period, he becomes not just a monster, but specifically the devil's monster. Mm -hmm. Heavily associated with witchcraft and with devil worship and that again and that is where you start to get into the church being like yeah. it's witches doing it
1: yeah and they and they take they strongly took from the the writings of Augustine and the other fathers of that time period like mm-hmm. hundreds of years previously Prior. and kind of make it their you know that's their theology that they're yeah. basing all of this on
0: and then Extending out of the late medieval period into the 16th and 17th centuries, Mm -hmm. we start to see this becoming really pathologized in a fascinating Mm -hmm. way. So as we move out of the religious character of werewolf mythology and and werewolf storytelling, Mm -hmm. we start to get, and we move into the Enlightenment, or towards the Enlightenment. There are several especially like specifically serial killers mm-hmm. who either self-identify as or are convicted as being werewolves. Mm-hmm. These are mostly cannibals. Again, we have that association with the eating of human flesh right. and with gluttony and greed. In particular, I think it's um, Giles Giles, something like that, is a, a 16th century or maybe a early 17th century serial killer who is convicted of killing and eating children Giles Garnier. Yeah, there we go. Um, Is convicted of killing and eating a whole bunch of children and is convicted and burned as a werewolf. That was the other thing in the late medieval period. Basically, they treated werewolves exactly like they were witches and Mm -hmm. burned them at the stake. They did. Werewolf tended to be an accusation that was leveled more at men, whereas witch tended to be an accusation that was leveled more at women. Like, Mm -hmm. it did go both ways. It did. But but there did tend to be that sort of gendered split there. Yep. There was also a really interesting figure called Thies of Kaltenbrunn from Livonia. He claimed himself, like he he came out and just said that he was a werewolf. Mm -hmm. And specifically that he and his werewolf brethren were the hounds of God who went into hell to fight the devil on the behalf of good Christians. Hmm. The reasons that he made this claim are sort of muddy um there are some theories about it like it's thought maybe this was like him remembering a story of a an older pagan tradition there Mm. were there were traditions in that area of witches Mm. who left their bodies on on specific nights and fought evil witches Mm -hmm. to protect like harvests so it's thought maybe he was sort of extrapolating that to a new Christian framework. Okay. Because witches often had the souls of animals, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, or could change their shape into animals. So right. maybe he sort of extrapolated that to like, and connected it to like various werewolf mythologies and said like, okay, well, I am turning into a wolf to fight on God's behalf. God's behalf. Because the story was about good witches fighting right. evil witches. Right. So you would in a Christian framework, you would change that to fighting on God's behalf. Right. Against the devil. Right. But there were a bunch of people who actually just claimed to be werewolves. Yeah. Either to be good werewolves or to be evil werewolves. It didn't really, like, it varied. Um, it
1: was interesting, too. There were a lot of different stories in throughout Europe, in France and in Spain, and of different types of, of werewolves that mm-hmm. were terrorizing areas like the Beast of Jovedon.
0: Yeah, that one wasn't even really thought necessarily, like sometimes it was thought to be a werewolf, sometimes it was thought to just be like a monster.
1: Yeah, whatever it was, it, uh, according to this, it killed up in two years, killed up to 80 men, women, and children.
0: Yeah, I believe they never actually de- determined what that was and no. we still to this day don't know what caused that or even if it was one singular beast, mm-hmm. it might've been just a, a rash of animal attacks in the area. Mm-hmm it's not even clear if that many people actually did die, mm-hmm. or I don't know. There's a whole lot of mysteries about the yeah. Beast of Gavadon.
1: But it does
0: uh, but tend it's now, to now so, yeah, into the werewolf mythology of France. And Teen, teen Wolf also contributes yes. to that. Yes, it does. <laughs> Teen Wolf got into that with, yes, uh, what was her name? Allison? Uh, Allison, yeah. Teen Wolf got into that with Allison's yeah, she history sure and was like, oh yeah, the, the, beast, the beast of Gavadon was yes. a werewolf that my ancestors <laughs> slew. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I think that, I think the Teen Wolf Association... Mm-hmm. Has really strengthened the Beast of Galvedon werewolf concept. Yeah. Because, like I said, the, uh, the folklore about the Beast of Gavadon is really vague, and there's nothing about like it specifically turning into a man at any mm-hmm, point, mm-hmm. or yeah. So and or like and there were no specific men who were accused of being Mm-mm. the Beast of Gavadon. No, nothing that ever like specifically tied it to being a werewolf rather mm-hmm. than just like a monster of some kind. Mm-hmm. And it was described in all kinds of ways. Like, are all kinds of theories. Like maybe it was it actually like a really big wolf. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was like a teenage lion. Maybe it was some kind of animal with mange. Nobody was, knows. No no one knows because it was described in all these wild ways with just these really atypical characteristics. Yeah. So it's very unclear what the Beast of yeah. But
1: it does. That's kind... one of those
0: cryptids out there. Yes. But we even just be- don't
1: know. But even before Teen Wolf, mm-hmm. making it famous, it has been kind of lumped into the the werewolf or the, um, the mythology
0: of the, monstrous, the wolf. monstrous wolf. Yeah. It's definitely associated with monstrous wolves. Mm-hmm. I also want to point out there are other cultures that have different Mm were-creatures. So although the werewolf in particular is really widespread across uh, Europe and especially the Northern Hemisphere, there are were-creatures in other cultures that are based on like their either apex or close relationship predators. Mm -hmm. It's not always an apex predator. Sometimes it's just a predator that has a close relationship antagonistic relationship with humans like the hyena is not exactly an apex predator it's actually sort of a mid-tier predator inside its own ecosystem but it has a close antagonistic relationship with humans so in africa the big thing is where hyenas Mm -hmm. there are where like in a variety of african cultures there are where hyenas and usually it's like a man who is an evil warlock who can turn himself into a hyena like you do like you do and in india and china in particular it's where tigers men or women it's actually more um gender neutral in mm-hmm. india and china who turn themselves into tigers or sometimes it's tigers there's there's one story um i think it's in thailand of like if a ma- if a man eating tiger eats too many people it will gain the ability to turn into a human being hmm. And like to more effectively hunt, mm-hmm. so wild shit there. Yeah, but so I just just do want to point out like it's not always wolves. It's just that wolves are really a, the the big predator in the northern hemisphere and especially in Europe. So it's someone that's gotten really widespread.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We should talk about how uh, mythology. Move forward and how how they became werewolves we went from you know being cursed by witches and right. by deities yes. and things like that to what you're seeing more now in modern uh yeah where it's
0: where it's more stories. infectious transmission
1: exactly it's more a scratch a bite mm-hmm.
0: yeah originally it was a very spiritual malady like i said it was that expression of the the bestial nature or it was a curse from a witch of some kind uh-huh or a god yep but now it is very much a physical malady yep It is an injury you sustain. Mm -hmm. And we we see a very very similar sort of transition happen with vampires, which we talked about last week, where, like, originally it was like, well, if you die badly, Mm -hmm. or if you're not buried in consecrated ground, or if you're open to the possession by a spirit, you might turn into a vampire. Mm -hmm. It's a similar thing with a werewolf, where, like, originally it's you might turn into a wolf if you're a shitty person or you insult the wrong person. And now it's... You might turn into a werewolf just if you run into one, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the primary means by which you turn into a werewolf is you run into one.
1: And I think it's I kind of find this ironic that you know wolfsbane is supposed to be something that uh, deters or, or will you know harm a werewolf or cure, or but yeah, that was in medieval times mm-hmm. it was used as a cure, and more than often than not it killed it the you, individual yes. who was uh, <laughs> they were trying to cure.
0: Yeah, so there were a couple of ways related to usually the way you turn into a werewolf that you could cure a werewolf mm-hmm. um, originally it was basically just get exercise yep
1: yep they did a lot of exercises a lot of
0: exorcisms to cure werewolves sometimes it um, was surgery yeah that was less frequent because it mostly just killed you yeah along with the along with the wolf's pain yeah but the other thing is unlike vampires a werewolf could just be killed by whatever means you would use to kill a normal creature like, if it would kill a normal wolf, it would mm-hmm. kill a werewolf. Yeah. Like, stabbing a werewolf would kill it. Yeah, it Didn't matter what you stabbed it with. Exactly. There was not a special creature. Like, you had to use silver bullets. Yeah, that stuff's and... very... Like, okay, so there is some folkloric attestation to shapeshifters in general being vulnerable to silver. Like, there's a story about an innkeeper who fires a a silver bullet over the heads of some shapeshifters and it forces them to turn back into humans. Mm -hmm. There are a few instances where, like, the weapon is specifically described as being silver, but it's not super clear if the silver is an important part or if it's just a descriptive characteristic of the weapon. Mm -hmm. But either way, the silver bullet thing doesn't come in until 1941's The Wolfman. Mm -hmm. And that really codifies it into the way you kill a werewolf, and is also when they stop saying that like regular things can just mm-hmm. kill werewolves.
1: And apparently at some point in 1935, somebody decided to create some kind of a, a story or a comic or something that said the Beast of Jovedin was killed by a silver bullet.
0: Ah, yeah, that's all, <laughs> that's all fresh. Yeah, that's, all. Yeah, the that's silver, all new. The silver bullet thing is very modern. Very modern. 20th century and later, mm-hmm. like I said, there is folkloric attestation of silver having a relationship to shapeshifters or shapeshifters in general, having an antagonist relationship to silver. Some of that may be related to, like, fae stories about iron being translated Mm -hmm, to shapeshifters. Yeah. And like I said, some of it may actually just be descriptive. And we've associated it with Silver specifically being a vulnerability because of later developments mm-hmm. like The Wolfman. Because that really does codify it and it mm-hmm. becomes a defining genre characteristic afterwards.
1: Mm-hmm. And the first feature film, since we're now starting to talk about the medias, uh, the medias, feature a werewolf is called Werewolf of London from 1935. hmm And uh, the main werewolf of the film is a dapper London scientist. So I think that's where you kind of get into that, the modern idea of not just becoming a wolf, but a wolf man.
0: For the record, going back to the middle medieval period where like the werewolf is a more human character yeah yeah um that character does turn fully into a wolf but he retains his human right. mind yeah and we start to see that again moving into the modern period mm-hmm. although not consistently the modern period actually has a really wide range of mm-hmm. werewolf characters from a very heroic werewolf to a sympathetic werewolf, mm-hmm. to a, a villainous or monstrous werewolf. Mm-hmm. We like, have all flavors of werewolves. Yep,
1: yep. A lot of times, like the earlier films, you'll see them uh, you know, they're they're half man, half wolf, and they're attacking people mm-hmm. and ultimately have to be destroyed. Right. You know, by the end that's of the film, the which is the wolf man, I think. Yeah, that's the wolf man. And it it's always generally ends very tragically with the death of the afflicted individual.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, another thing that's much more modern is the full moon being associated with the transformation. Yeah. So originally it was just like, usually it was, if it wasn't a permanent transformation like caused by a god or a curse... Um, If it was a temporary thing, it would be time-limited in some way, like the medieval story we've already talked about, Mm -hmm. where he, like, turns into a wolf for one week out of the year. Or even, like, going back to the Greeks, where Herodotus was talking about the Nuri, and for Mm -hmm. several days, quote-unquote, out of the year, they would turn into wolves. Mm -hmm. Um, So it would be time-limited in some form, but it wasn't tied to, like, the phases of the moon. That's, again, a thing that really only starts coming out in the modern day. Right.
1: An American Werewolf in London, starring David Naughton. You've got Wolf, starring Jack Nicholson. And they're the typical Wolfman
0: Man. I didn't type. watch either of those, so I can't speak to those.
1: <laughs> they're, they're your typical, like Lon Chaney's The Wolfman in and, and these different films. Yeah, that's films. the
0: 1941. Yeah,
1: that's the 1941. And over time, those you know you had those kind of sympathetic characters. You're mm-hmm. sad for them because it ends very tragically. But then in um, later, later film adaptations like The Howling... They become much more malevolent and uh, I didn't watch that either. <laughs> frightening types of creatures, you know. Whereas you don't feel sorry for them because they because have they're that more—they're more scary. It's the more that malevolent. They're the monster in the monster. monster movie. Yes, exactly.
0: Let's talk about a media we actually did watch which is Teen Wolf. <laughs> I've watched a lot of werewolf films.
1: I do like werewolf films because I like, uh, I've seen American Werewolf in London. I've mm-hmm. seen Wolf. I've seen The Howling. And it is a very creepy film. Is it? Oh, yeah.
0: I've seen... I guess I'm so used to the sympathetic werewolf that I can't think of werewolves as being that scary. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. No, the, It. I don't know. They they, they go out, they, they purposefully go out and kill human beings because mm-hmm. that, that's their call of their blood, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like a... They're like a... Of of Like animals. you would be Like you wolves. would be. Yeah. Then you have things like the original Teen Wolf movie, which was a comedy.
0: Right, yeah. They <laughs> mentioned that... Uh, Ran and Gray mentioned that in uh, the Discord. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Ginger Snaps. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, the original Teen Wolf movie, but it was a comedy, and it was about a young man whose father was a werewolf. And mm-hmm. so he genetically... Oh, at, at, oh, as so a it's, teenager, when he hit a certain age, he so became. It's, it's inherited okay. from his family, who be, and he became a werewolf. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's actually a really funny film. But then ultimately, you know, in the 2000 somethings, you get Teen Wolf that right. we are familiar with from MTV.
0: Oh, you know what? Actually, before that, there were werewolves on Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
1: Yes, yes. We had werewolf. Uh, Oz. Oz, yep. We had Oz the werewolf, who was the boyfriend, initially, of Briefly. Willow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that was an infectious werewolf. Yeah,
1: that was an infectious. And so was um, in the Teen Wolf series. Mm-hmm. It was, you had to be, well, actually, it was kind of both. You had the Hale family that was, uh, they were born natural Right, they were werewolves. genetic werewolves. They were genetic werewolves. And then you had those people who were transformed by a
0: bite. Right, which is so odd (laughs) when you think about it. Why do they have both of those versions? In this
1: particular series, well it's considered a gift. Like they would they would bite individuals, humans who Uh were like ill or who needed
0: the strength
1: of the wolf, if you will. But yeah, they were genetic werewolves. You know, yeah. it was families, and
0: it's like it's, that's what I'm saying is it's a, it's a little unusual for there to be both of those qualities. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that makes the... for for there to be a genetic, an inherited wolf mm-hmm. that also can turn you into an infectious wolf.
1: Exactly, and it's and they have different types of uh, abilities and different. um yeah, They really got into the
0: weeds there on their own. They did. Lore. They
1: did. They <laughs> really, really did. And uh, ultimate, the ultimate goal for for some of these werewolves who were in families was to ultimately become a wolf, transform completely, right, into a wolf. Yeah. But yeah, Underworld was another... Yes,
0: werewolves in Underworld, uh, antagonistic with vampires. Mm-hmm. I and have I looked into this. I was not able to find like where that comes from, the antagonism between werewolves and vampires. Yeah, you see that in a lot of a stuff. It's a very common trope. I wasn't able to find where it started from. I did find a little piece of trivia that apparently, and I haven't been able to confirm this, which frustrates me, but apparently in some Slavic areas there is a, a folkloric belief that dead werewolves might turn into vampires. Interesting. Maybe because the werewolf is already an unholy being, so -hmm. when it dies and gets buried, it just transforms into a different unholy being. Like a, like the undead mm-hmm. version of a werewolf becomes mm-hmm. a vampire. It's not super, Weird. yeah, it's not super clear. And like I said, I haven't been able to confirm it and that really frustrates me. But I did find that bit of trivia. But that's the only like connection I could find folklorically between vampires and werewolves. You know,
1: another really good and interesting um, bit of media mm. was called Being Human. And it was about Oh, God, I forgot all about that. Yep, a vampire, a ghost, and a werewolf as roommates. I think that got canceled. Well, initially it was a British television show. Yeah. And then it became an American show. And And it got canceled. It got canceled eventually. But uh, the British one is actually really fascinating how they, and they do build up this whole vampires and and werewolves are traditionally antagonistic to each other, but these two learn to be friends. Yeah.
0: I don't know where that trope comes from. Yeah, it's but, very. But it's a very common, very widespread trope. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there was also one other thing I forgot to talk about. There was a belief in some areas that you could force a werewolf to transform back into a human, either by saying their name three times. Like Bloody Mary in the mirror. Yeah, but like <laughs> use it like naming them, or saying their Christian name. Beetlejuice. Yeah, exactly. But by saying their Christian name three times to them, you could force them to turn back into a a human. Interesting. Maybe reminding them who they are. Maybe, yeah. But also, that you could sometimes, I think this was Danish, if I'm remembering correctly, but you could force a werewolf to turn back into a human just by scolding them. <laughs> just by telling them naughty to, yeah just by telling them to behave hey stop being a werewolf uh-huh, you could force them to turn back into a human which seems like a very risky proposition if yeah. you're being harassed Hans, by a wolf hunts. uh-huh turn back into a boy right now right but like what if you're faced with a wolf that you think is a werewolf so you scold it. But and it, it's not but a werewolf. It's not a werewolf.
1: It's an actual wolf. Then you're
0: fucked. So yep. that's a very risk
1: <laughs> high risk endeavor. Oh, this is the other thing that's interesting. Werewolves are typically working class monsters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> From low, you know, they're not high upper crust individuals generally. Which speaking. this
0: may be the the source of the werewolf v vampire oh, thing good because point. vampires are typically seen as upper class and werewolves are ty- typically seen as working class mm-hmm. so that may be where the antagonism comes in it
1: could be the whole beast thing as well yeah. we're kind
0: of trailing off here but that's actually all i have to say about werewolves well, <laughs>
1: yeah I, there's
0: so much
1: there's a lot of information if you want to learn more about werewolves mm-hmm. and obviously there's a lot of media out there all the way up to twilight you know right there, there's Which a lot.
0: BTW, the native tribe that she stole the name from for her werewolves, they are, have no mythology no. like that at all. <laughs> Do not associate them with no. that.
1: There's just a lot of mythology out there. And it's interesting how it changes over time.
0: And it goes back and forth. It goes back Unlike and forth. Unlike with vampires, where we have a sort of a very clear trajectory from like villainous monster mm-hmm. to nuanced heroes. Mm-hmm werewolves go back and forth like they, they 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 have villainous periods and then heroic periods and, and they tragic periods yeah and they just sort of like the pendulum swings a lot faster with werewolves mm-hmm. than it does with vampires for mm-hmm. whatever reason um exactly. even though they have about the same length of history yeah. to them i mean granted werewolves go back men turning into wolves goes back to the Way. epic of gilgamesh and i'm not going to claim that vampires go back that far but no. like the undead yeah. go back quite far. Quite, quite far. So it's really interesting that vampi that um werewolves the pendulum swings on so much faster. And I wonder if that's because they're based on actual wolves and the perception of actual wolves changes pretty fast, right? I think so too. Because yeah. the actual wolves are like animals with nuanced characters. Yeah. So like Sometimes you have an antagonistic relationship to the wolf. Sometimes you have a venerational relationship to the wolf where like it's a, an animal you associate with positive qualities mm-hmm. or like you try to, you're try you trying to reintroduce wolves after nearly exterminating mm-hmm. them or, mm-hmm. you know, all these kinds of things. So I, I wonder if that has something to do with it. Just the closeness to a natural wolf yeah. influences the character of the werewolf. That's very good point. Very good point. It's also... Unlike um, the vampire where it's just like, that's a dead thing. Yeah. (laughs) And it's
1: also interesting that in a lot of the modern films, especially like *An American Werewolf in London, it shows the transformation as being incredibly painful, you know, from human to wolf and back again. Yeah. You don't necessarily see that with vampire lore.
0: Well, sometimes they'll describe the initial transformation into a vampire as being painful, mm -hmm. mostly because it involves dying. Yeah. Fair. You do die to turn into a vampire. That's true. Whereas you typically don't to no. become a werewolf. You recover. You recover from being from a From being bitten from, from, from or scratched. turning into a
1: werewolf. Yeah. You live. <laughs> you live, but you um, become cursed and have to turn into yeah. a werewolf.
0: I will say the the ancient mythology doesn't so much mention the transformation itself being painful. Mm-hmm. Although like Kaon's transformation is described as being physically unpleasant. But you do see, once you get into periodic transformations mm-hmm. in the mythology, you do start to see they describe transforming back into a human makes them very weak and disoriented. Right, right. So they don't describe it as painful necessarily, but they do describe it as, like, enervating. Yeah. Like, it saps your energy. What I'm saying
1: is that, like, it tends to, in the modern Mm -hmm. translation, with the exception of maybe, like, Twilight and some of these others, but, like, um, some of the earlier films... Maybe because they're supposed to be tragic characters right. who it's are being very, forced into this yeah, transformation. It's very physically, unpleasant. It's very physically, emotionally, and spiritually, really. Sometimes. sometimes. You know, unpleasant for these people to be transforming back and forth. It's yeah. frightening to them.
0: Yeah. But I do just want to throw out here really quickly because we are going to wrap up yeah, here. Yeah. But I just want to throw out here. The werewolf is a great trans allegory. Um, oh, yeah. Especially when you get into werewolves that are, like, embracing the, mm-hmm. the transformation, that, like, enjoy being a werewolf. Yeah. You start to get into a, into a very sort of trans presentation of, like, I've uncovered my true self.
1: Yes. Right? Yes.
0: Where the shape-shifting is intentional. It's, mm-hmm. it's a choice that you make. Mm-hmm. Um, even, sometimes even when it does involve pain, because sometimes, yeah. you know, transformation having, is ha- having a trans body can be painful. Um, mm-hmm. But it can also be, you know, joyful. And, and, and beautiful. Yeah. And I think we actually need to see more of those stories. I would like to see more, like, trans narratives with werewolves because it seems like such an obvious play, Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's always been sort of left subtextual. I want to see more obviously trans werewolves where that is sort of a celebrated element. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I want to see that happen. That would be cool. That's my dream for the modern evolution (laughs) of werewolf stories. Positive trans werewolves. That's right. That's right. Um, But we are going to wrap it up here because we're... Sort of out of stuff to talk about. Yep. And out of time. So you can search on your search engine of choice. I'm not going to say Google it anymore because, frankly, Google has gotten yep. really hard to use. Yep. But you can search for us on your search engine of choice with the number three and the words Pagan Sunday Cat, or the number three and the letters P-A-A-C. You can also go directly to our website at the number three, pagansatacat.com, where you can find links to all the things we do, including a link to our Patreon, where you can help support us, and Gwyn's blog on Patheos Pagan, where she writes two blogs a month. Mm -hmm. And her TikTok is not linked there, but you can also find her TikTok, where she does TikTok things. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Which I'm starting a uh, basic spellcraft series on yes. TikTok. And then I also want to remind people if you want a reading from either Ode or I, mm-hmm. a tarot reading, you can email us. You can email me at gwyn at threepagansandacat.com, or you can email Ode at Ode at threepagansandacat.com.
0: Uh, and also remember to email me your spooky
1: stories for yes. next week. Spooky, spookies. Give us spookies. What? And, if you know, if personal stories of, mm-hmm. of what... Yeah, you if know, you had a ghost if encounter. If you had a ghost encounter, we want to hear it. Uh-huh.
0: Or tell and, us your local folklores. Yep, yep. It would be great. And we're going to stop because the cat is losing his <laughs> damn mind. He's trying to, <laughs> He's, to get in the door. Uh-huh. So. He said, you're late. You're late. <laughs> stop
1: talking. Uh-huh. He's usually very good about not uh-huh. interrupting. Yeah, but, but
0: But it's... We're past our time, and he can tell. Okay. So, go
1: and watch some werewolf movies. Yep. For spooky season. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh.